love. Some would say it took a backseat when the pandemic forced us apart. As a family-run and proudly Canadian-owned company, Charm Diamond Centres saw the need to bring us together with tales of love and created the Canadian Love Map podcast. Since then, we've shared hundreds of real, uplifting stories that prove love conquers all. So thank you for listening. We couldn't do it without you. And remember, love starts here. What the world needs now is love. More love. Stars literally aligned. He's always been the one. There's someone out there for everyone. I'm Nancy Regan, your host on the Canadian Love Map. We are on a journey to uncover and share love stories of all kinds. He's never forgotten to bring me flowers. We're hoping we're going to give a little good news to this world. Even in these dark times, the life continues to go on. It's all about compassion, devotion, adventure, and of course, love. Everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs love. This is the Canadian Love Map. Well, love is the most important thing. Mother Nature is so beautiful. And and like you said earlier, most people run away from it. They don't get to see what the beauty of a storm is. They don't get to see the lightning and how incredible and how powerful it is. For me, picking that camera up and capturing that lightning strike, it brought that passion and zest back for me in life. Today's love story belongs to Jenny and Shannon, two Canadian women from the prairies who share a passion for severe weather. They are storm chasers, and they're part of a growing community called Girls Who Chase. This is the Canadian Love Map. Jenny and Shannon, welcome to the Canadian Love Map. Thanks for having us, Nancy. How's the weather out there? Well, here it's beautiful and sunny. It, it's cold and we're about to get a, a thunderstorm in about two seconds here. It started raining and there's a, a severe thunderstorm watch, or sorry, the severe thunderstorm warning at the moment. So, Where are you, Shannon? I am in Portage La Prairie, Manitoba. And Jenny, where are you in Saskatchewan? Um, I'm located just along the Alberta-Saskatchewan border. Okay, and I am so curious to know how you both got involved in this project. We've been so excited to talk to you. So, Jenny, why don't we start with you? Tell me how you got interested in storms. When was it and how did it happen? Um, I got interested in severe weather when I was about seven years old. And I was camping out in my backyard with a friend of mine. Beautiful, sunny, gorgeous day, and a plow wind moved through uh, and didn't really have any warning of that, but it picked the tent I was in up off the ground and threw it up against the fence and scrambled out of the tent and saw the trees and trampolines flying around. And I just remember thinking it was the most amazing thing I had ever seen in my life. And I had to know more about weather. I picture you like Dorothy, you know, twirling around in the tornado <laughs> in the Wizard of Oz. Did you, do you have uh, red shoes? Uh, yes, I do have red running <laughs> shoes. I need to put and some like red sparkle heels. paint on them. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Tell me, what is a plow wind? I, I imagine it's like a rogue wave in the ocean. <laughs> Yeah, it is usually associated with a long line of storms or what we call linear storms. And it can stretch hundreds of kilometers long. 
it's the winds up ahead of the system that are pushing ahead that uh, can cause significant damage. A few years ago, actually, just a community half an hour east of me was hit by one, and it was strong enough to rip roofs off houses, throw the two by fours of the roof through the wall into the living rooms and neighbor house, neighbors' houses. So really, plow winds can cause just as much damage as tornadoes, if not more, because usually it's really widespread instead of isolated. And is it also, as in your case, just sort of out of the blue in a in the midst of a beautiful day? Yeah, usually it's a beautiful day ahead of it, as you see with any storms. So it's a little bit better now with our warning systems and social media to know that these systems are coming. Uh, but back when I was seven years old, we didn't have social media. You know, we didn't have those uh, alert systems in place. So it really was unexpected to uh, many in the community. So that was the hook that caught you like a fish uh, in terms of your interest in, in severe weather. How did it develop? I moved out to this west central area of Saskatchewan when I was about 12 years old. And this area of Saskatchewan is kind of a really hotbed zone for uh, tornadic activity. So, you know, we'd get a few tornado warnings a week when I moved here. And right around that time, the movie Twister came out. So... I was just like wanting to be a real life Joe and be pedaling my bike out to the end of the block, hoping I could catch a tornado. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, 16, I would drive out to storms, check them out and uh, life kind of, you know, live life. I had kids, family, did other things and then picked it back up about uh, 14 years ago and started uh, really delving into all the weather and chasing across the Canadian prairies. And you're also a nurse, right? Yeah, I work in healthcare. I've been a care aide for 25 years now. Oh my goodness. Okay, we'll get into a little later, we'll get into how both of these are really contribution uh, because I'm fascinated with the way in which you're helping with what you're doing. Shannon, tell me about your interest in storms. Um, well, I guess uh, probably around the same age as Jenny. Um, I, I, you know, I think it was the Wizard of Oz actually that kind of got me into it because I, I used to have very vivid dreams as a kid and I can still remember I think I was about six years old having this dream about these little tornadoes just in the sky and then they would drop down and cause damage. So it wasn't even like, it was like a Tasmanian devil just kind of like dropping out of the sky and then just spinning and taking stuff out. So um, I watched it in my dream as one of these tornadoes came down and wiped out the entire uh, other side of my street and just sitting there in fear, thinking it was going to, it was going to hit me. And I have no idea, like... It had to have been the Wizard of Oz that kind of triggered that type of dream. Planted it in your yeah. mind. Sort of, yeah. yeah. So I think there was always a bit of a fear there. And then, you know, my fascination with storms and it just grew from there. I grew up in a small town in Manitoba, northern Manitoba, and it was about eight hours from Winnipeg, Manitoba. So if you can imagine, that's a, a big distance. Um, and we didn't get a lot of storms up there, but, um, one of the things I, I started doing was picking up a camera when I was maybe eight years old, just a little 35 millimeter camera and trying to get pictures of lightning. So I think when I was about 12, I actually did get one, you know, there's still a healthy fear, but I had a fascination with lightning. 
So over the years, I just kept trying to get more and more pictures with with Lightning. And as digital came out, trying to get the digital. And then in 2007, I was telling a friend at work, I said, you know, I would love to pay like $10,000. Well, I wouldn't love to pay $10,000 for anything. Um, <laughs> but to go see, uh, go see storms and go see go to like chasing and see a, a tornado. And not even a week later, um, I was going down to Brandon, Manitoba um, with my partner at the time. We saw the Eli tornado um, up close and personal. We saw the twins. So there was Eli, the F5, um, Canada's only F5 tornado, and we were very close to it. Um, And then we saw the Oakville tornado um, as well at the same time. Where is the line between fear and exhilaration when you're in that moment? You said you were very close to Eli. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were. Well, just we were very close to the tornado. I had a fascination with it for so long, and seeing it up close and personal like that, like I'm the biggest worry wart. I worry, like I'm an analyst. I worry about all the details. I always worry about, you know, worst case scenario. And with the storms, that's the only time between my partner and I that he was worried more than I was. I was fascinated. I was excited. It was. It was just a fascination and just mother nature at, at, you know, at her worst, but it was so beautiful. Like it was just, it was awe-inspiring to me. So from there, that fascination just grew and, and here I am. That's amazing because that's what I think is that uh, I'm very fear-based about things like that. I, yeah. I worry, I fret, and, and that's just, you know, I'm kind of anxiety-based. Yeah. And so storms, I can feel the excitement, but I also get nervous about it. You fabulous women, you two actually go to the storm when everyone else is fleeing from it. Explain that, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, there's a aspect of fascination and being able to see those extremes of nature uh, and being able to capture that. Um, but as I say, there's a very human component to why we chase as women. And that is honestly for public safety too. Mm-hmm. So we're in there and we're sending those reports in the real ground truth of what's happening. And Our hopes are that nobody else in that area is going to choose to come close. We will stop traffic. We will stop people from going in there. We use our platforms to educate people on storms and storm safety and how to stay safe and stuff like that. So there's a very human component to what we do. You really are making a contribution to the safety of others. How did the two of you meet? Uh, Shannon and I, we started, uh, we found each other on Twitter, actually. And we just kind of started communicating there. Her imagery is absolutely amazing. So I was all inspired. And it was just like, (laughs) I need to get lightning shots like her because her lightning shots are absolutely amazing. So we started just, you know, talking and then we really ended up kind of building a bond. And we met Mm -hmm. in person out in the field. And it's just kind of evolved uh, from there to, you know, we take some yearly trips where we take off to the mountains for a week and camp out of the back of our vehicles, just get the cameras out and have that uh, one-on-one time with a fellow woman that has the same passions and interests as me. It's just something that's absolutely amazing. 
Yeah. And, and downtime, right? So <laughs> we go shooting into the mountains and we go shooting, uh, where we went to Castle Butte and we did some Milky Way out there. So, and doing some back road camping. Um, so that's our downtime. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a pretty dynamic relationship though. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely always a blast. And Jenny is such an amazing, positive person. It's, it's inspiring to be around her because she is always, she's always uplifting other people, women. Um, and it's amazing. So she's an amazing person. She's an amazing photographer and she's amazing at what she does. So thank you, Jenny, for everything you do. Oh, she's just an amazing friend and she's always there for you. And she has this way about her and absolutely talented. I can only hope I can get half the lightning shot she does one day. <laughs> You're chasing her in that regard. I got it. Yeah. We're a little You're friendly competition. Awesome. We always try to get the shot. Yeah. Tell me about Girls Who Chase. Girls Who Chase was started around 2020. And, you know, there was sort of a need for a community for the women out there. It's a uh, it's a whole lot different coming up in this uh, male dominated industry as a woman, and you know we have our own, you know, kind of imposter syndrome. You know, am I good enough to be out there doing this and stuff like that? You know, when you've got a community of women that are supporting you, it really helps alleviate some of that, and you know, also allows us to be able to learn from other women and not feel like uh, we're lesser than, <laughs> I guess, in the mm. industry. Um, so it was just saw as a need for this uh, kind of community out there. And luckily, we had Jen Walton, who just picked it up and just went with it. And it exploded overnight, which shows you just how much women in the industry were really looking for a community like this. Just last year, we decided to try and expand this into Canada because, you know, we have a great female chase base and male chase base that uh, really supports us here in Canada. And we deal with some different issues and logistics. And so it was just an aspect to be able to uh, bring that girls who chase type community here to Canada. How many members do you have in Canada? Oh, how many members? We probably have, like like I said, it's not like kind of membership. It is any woman who is interested in weather meteorology or uh in the fields of stem you're already part of the community we're already you know building each other up so i would say we probably 100 150 or so female chasers across canada that is amazing shannon can correct me if i'm wrong yeah that's that sounds about right i know that there's you know and and i'm just going to add to that too because i think before Girls Who Chase came out, there wasn't that many female chasers that any of us were really aware of until that really came together. I find it amazing how many female chasers are actually out there now. I don't even know how many even across Canada and the U.S. there are now. Um, like there's a lot. And I know when I first started chasing, like I can't even think of, you know, maybe more than a handful. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. And I love the angle that you are encouraging girls and young women to get involved in, in STEM. That was the thing coming up in the chase world is I didn't have any real life women to look up to in the yeah. field. 
And sometimes you need that person showing you that it is possible to go do that. So I only had like Joe from the movie Twister, which is the fictional character for the longest time. And it wasn't until I saw Jacqueline Whittle from the Weather Network out there with Mark Robinson chasing these crazy hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff that I finally had my first real life female in the role that I could look up to. And it's been great because over the years, actually, Jacqueline and I have become great friends. We chat all the time and have got to chase together a few times. Now, I may be a little biased because I am a woman, but it seems to me that although you talk about imposter syndrome in this field, it seems to me that women would have an edge because we are typically more in touch with our intuition. Now, don't don't email me, men. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's safe to say as a generalization that women can be more intuitive in terms of, uh, you know, our, our understanding of what's going around on around us. Do you think your intuition plays a role in what you do chasing storms? Um, I think their intuition does have a little bit uh, to do with what we do. And I think it also plays another aspect where we maybe don't take as many risks as men do. Like you, uh, when you look at, you know, your typical media version of storm chasers, you've got these wild, crazy guys putting themselves in extreme conditions, like right in the hail cores and stuff like that. And I find the women, we take more calculated risks. We understand before we head into it, what risks we might possibly be taking. It's like defensive driving almost. (laughs) Yes. We couldn't share the great stories that we do here on the Canadian Love Map podcast without the amazing support of Charm Diamond Centers. They are Canada's largest family owned jeweler and they're proud to be putting love on the map. The folks at Charm Diamond Centers are thrilled to be a part of your love story. So visit CharmDiamondCenters.com or one of your local stores. Love starts here. I'd love to hear each of you give me your best um, memory or best story about uh, storm chasing. Shannon, you can go Shannon, first. Shannon, why don't you oh, start? Geez. My best story? You know, I... <laughs> And it's it's one of those things I always consider my best story to be kind of my lessons learned story. Sounds good. <laughs> so I I want to say like I've had I've got had a few of them, but I think 2019 was was kind of one in particular. If you go to my Twitter page, I have it. I have a a GIF pinned of this storm, and it was a tornado worn storm, and it was sitting there spinning. Um, I had actually met up with uh, Jenny and, and Mike just before, as we were sitting there taking those pictures. And um, shortly afterwards, I was—I uh, had a friend with me uh, in another vehicle, Jordan, and we were going to head back to Manitoba right afterwards. And it was like, we could have gone north, we could have gone south, or we could have gone east to chase a little bit longer, but the road that went east wasn't the best. So for... For our Manitoba data in Saskatchewan, it's not always the best. <laughs> um, so I had kept losing connection to to the internet, uh-huh. and so my radar signature I didn't realize at the time was an old radar signature that was it was showing hail. It wasn't showing the hail being you know that that significant. 
um, it showed that the circulation had already basically gone past and that we would have been okay. <laughs> so we ended up going a little bit east, decided to keep chasing a little bit longer down this crappy road. I want you to know I'm really cringing on this end <laughs> at this point. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. So we decided, okay, well, the hail doesn't look that bad. If we get caught, we get caught. At least the circulations, you know, passed us. Well, what happens sometimes is you can get circulations building on the back end of it. So we figured we'd just keep an eye on things. And and uh, so we, we ended up parking because it, the road itself ended up being a horrible road. Um, we didn't want to go any further because we weren't going to beat it. Um, so we figured we'd just kind of get to a safe location and sit tight and just get through it. And then we could take the main road back and be home probably six o'clock in the morning. Like it was it was a long, long drive back. Uh, so we were sitting there and all of a sudden we get a little bit of hail and then our winds start shifting. So we sh the winds were shifting. Um, I think we were facing north. So the winds just kept shifting to the north and then to the south, I believe. And so we actually had what was called the ghost train. And there's a video of this and it's absolutely insane. And I, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't communicate with Jordan at all because he was in his truck. I had, was parked in between three grain bins just to help protect from the, tr from the hail, which was stupid to begin with. Um, but I had, I had the grain bin in front of me um, lifting, lifting sideways. Like there was chains on it. Had there not been chains, this thing would have toppled over. Wow. Um, the ghost train itself is kind of that inflow wind that's going into the storm. And it indicates that you've got like significant winds in front of you. So um, shortly afterward, we ended up getting ping pong sized hail. I've got a couple of dents on my truck still from that. And then we had, you know, once it was over, we kind of got out of it. And I think the next day, Mike's like, are you guys okay? Like, here's your, your location showing on radar scope with like a couplet, which indicates a uh, rotation of a possible tornado. Um, and we're like, yeah, no, we're okay. But it was intense. And we, we looked back at the video and stuff. So it's very possible we had a tornado right in front of us. And because it was dark, we couldn't see anything. Um, so that was pretty intense. Not normally what I like to see, especially at dark. Lesson learned on on reading the radar and, and paying attention to, uh, you know, to the internet and how long of a, um, a scan it was. I have to ask, uh, for, for a storm chaser, I'm curious, if you get a dent in your car because of hail, are you upset about that or is it like a badge of honor? Uh, for me, I'm a little bit upset about it, but <laughs> but I get over it. I get over it. It's, it's not, the whole vehicle isn't completely dented and, you know, a couple of dings here and there isn't horrible. I mean, I have one now, so it's, you know. It's, it's part of the course too. It so. comes with the territory, doesn't it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Jenny, is your is your best memory good or bad? <laughs> well, um, I I think my favorite memory now is from last year. And I've got to take my daughter out with me quite a bit uh, last year. And oh, she? she just turned 17. So oh, yeah. She always loved storms and chasing. I used to kind of keep her back from the more severe stuff. But once she got her driver's license, I'm like, well, there was no holding <laughs> me back. So we're going to teach her how to do this safely. Yeah. So we were out uh, near Bergen, Alberta, 
to that tornado and stood side by side filming that tornado from about 300 meters away and got to share in her experience of her first tornado. And tell me about her energy after that. So after that, it all, you know, unfolded, so to speak, or (laughs) spiraled around you, what was her level of excitement or relief? (laughs) How did she feel? Um, she had a little bit of nervousness at first standing there and she's a very quiet kid. So nothing like too extreme. So she's standing there and then she just looks at you. She's like, we're okay, mom. And I'm like, yep, it's moving away from us. We can still see it. And she's like, okay, and then you could just feel her relax. And then the tornado became rain wrapped is what we call. So then you couldn't see the tornado anymore because of the rain curtain. I'm like, okay, I think we're just going to move a little bit further back just because I can't see where this is going. And then afterwards, she's like, I was a little nervous at first, but that was that was pretty cool. (laughs) Yes. Oh, she must be so inspired by you doing this. You know, that's a pretty (laughs) cool thing for a mom to do. Uh, yeah, she thinks it's cool. My son, he likes to bug me about being a dork. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have children to keep us on. Exactly. They, they, they got to keep us down a few levels. <laughs> what advice do you have for for girls or women out there, for that matter, who are listening and who are intrigued and want to lean into this? I say go for it. I am big on encouraging people to pursue their passions. The only thing I would say is to get connected with uh, people who have been in the field for a while. You know, we've taken the hard knocks uh, as we've went along. So in order to do it safely, there is nothing wrong with learning from other people in the field. So we've got an abundance of women that are ready to uh, teach people that are coming up get in contact, learn some, maybe you can um, arrange ride-alongs and really get a full experience of it and connect with fellow women in the field. Shannon, what about you? Just to, you know, add to that, I guess, uh, there's, you know, there's a ton of resources out there. Learn what you can. um, And again, reach out to the other women in the community and men as well. I mean, there's lots of people who help to support this now. There's, you know, everybody's willing to give a ton of information. I know when I started, there was hardly anything. I definitely encourage women, especially and girls, to get out there and and learn as much as you can. I mean, the younger you are, the better it is. Uh, as you get older, your your brain doesn't uh, pick up as much <laughs> as it used to. So so get out there, learn as much as you can. Now, do you both share clips on uh, social media, on Instagram, Facebook? What are your favorite platforms? For the weather community, it really lives on Twitter. <laughs> that is really? where yeah. the oh, bulk right. of it is. Because um, it's so because immediate. It's, yeah. And that's our big um, connection with uh, media is on Twitter. And especially now since Facebook and Instagram has, uh, you know, blocked a lot of the Canadian media, yeah. pretty much Twitter's are about our only outlet at this moment to be able to reach. And media is actually a huge part of what we're working with because we want to be able to change the face of chasing. So generally in um, mainstream media, you do see the men, your, you know, Reed Timmers and Greg Johnson and stuff like that. That's, that's the face that has been shown out there. So getting these girls out in front of media and media opportunities puts a new face to it. Um, And so women like my daughter, 
you know, can turn on the TV and see someone just like her doing what she wants to do. And you are doing a lot of that, right, Jenny? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, uh, that was one of the big things I picked up with Girls Who Chase when I first started. And I've got a huge contact list of women from coast to coast. So when media is looking for somebody for a story, I can put them in direct contact with women from coast to coast. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay, well, what is the future of Girls Who Chase? What are you um, chasing? <laughs> you know, we here in Canada really want to build our own resource library and educational tools with women that are here in Canada. So be able to put, uh, you know, media training from women that have spent a ton of time in media to be able to train people how to do that and meteorology. And I would like to see us eventually get into schools and educating, you know, people on how to stay safe in storms. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's kind of an ever evolving project as we go along. So you kind of learn as you go the same way we came up in the chase world. learn as you go. <laughs> well, I guess uh, part of the part of the problem for the world is that the storms are becoming more severe and more frequent. That's good business for you, but uh, bad news for the planet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I think uh, you'll have lots of work to do. There's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a slow few years up here in the Canadian prairies, actually. Um, oh, and really? Saskatchewan this year only saw one tornado. And I don't remember another year where we've only had one tornado. But that has a lot to do with our drought cycle that we've been sitting in. So, you know, we need a little bit of moisture because the crops throw off that moisture as it evaporates. Um. So when we don't get that, storms don't feel. So we don't see, we haven't been seeing the uh, crazy years as we have since like 2012. It's been a, bit, a little bit slower here in the Canadian prairies. Oh, interesting. But we do see, you know, extremes a little bit more frequently nowadays than we did 50 years ago. <laughs> and have either or both of you received messages from people who are grateful that you helped them actually escape danger? When I was on that Bergen tornado with my daughter and we backed off the storm a little bit, uh, this lady and her elderly mother, uh, I would have guessed her mother being in her mid to late 80s, mm -hmm. uh, stopped next to us. And it was their farm that the tornado was right behind. And they fled with their dog uh, couldn't find their cat before they left and they were just like panicking. So I sat down and I, you know, explained what was happening in front of us, where the tornado was moving at that moment, um, that it was skirting just in behind their house and trying to reassure them that, you know, hopefully their cat found the safety and just kind of talked them through what was happening, made sure that you knew they were safe where they were sitting with me. And we watched that storm move on. And it was the next day that I actually received a message from the daughter. And she goes, I just have to thank you for spending the time and talking me through that because understanding what was happening in front of me helped us calm down quite a bit. And I think that's a big thing about storms. It's the unknown. So a lot of people are terrified of it, but the more they understand it, the less scary that kind of becomes. Well, there's a beautiful symmetry there because you had your daughter with you and she had her mother with her yes. and, and you helped them. So that's yes. amazing. 
Well, I want to say thank you for what you're doing. I think it's I think it's so cool and I'm so glad you were willing to talk to us about it. And we'll make sure that we make it clear in the uh, posts about this yeah. uh, podcast and in our show notes how people can get in touch with you. Perfect. Uh do you want the contact info or? Sure. Sarah can get that afterwards for sure. Oh, okay. It, is there anything we haven't talked about that we should? Um, I, I would say, <laughs> yeah, like Shannon there, she um, actually carries an AED with her when she's chasing. Um, and I know a lot of her passion is driving towards trying to prevent that tragedy that happened there last year. Mm -hmm. So she could speak on that. Yeah. Mm. So let me just straighten my... Camera and here. just yeah, and and for those who don't know, AED stands for. Uh, auto, I don't even know. It's a different automatic. Um, yeah. Okay, I yeah, thought it was a different. Jenny will know the de technical details. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's easier just to say that it's a defibrillator, so it'll give yeah. your body a little shock. So if you're yeah. say struck by so lightning or yeah, if your heart stops, um, so in case of a heart attack. Um, it's used for that. Um, and with, um, if, so I, I get pretty close to lightning. So we talk about the safety aspect of things. Um, you know, there's, there's first aid kits that we carry. There's a lot of gear that we carry just to be on the safe side of things. Um, so say like first aid kits, just in case we come across any damage, anybody who needs help, um, we have that available as well. Like, like Jenny said, I, I carry the AED with me, the defibrillator. Um, and the reason why I do that is um, I know for myself, I get pretty close to lightning. Um, and if myself or anybody else that's with me gets hit by lightning, there's a, a better chance of, of, you know, reviving, bringing them back if something was to happen. Um, so it's always, it's always to be better to be proactive than reactive. Um, so I just want to make sure that, you know, we're as safe as possible when we're out there. Um, other drivers are an issue. So being, you know, it's always good to have more than one person in the vehicle as much as possible so that the driver can stay, you know, stay safe and, and keep everybody in the vehicle safe as they're driving instead of paying attention to radar and maps and all that kind of stuff. The, if you have somebody else with you, that's always handy. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's it from that aspect. <laughs> Well, it certainly sounds like both of you are very passionate about this field. Is there also a real sense of purpose for you in what you're doing? You know, you come through life and, you know, you have all these hopes and dreams, but sometimes, you know, life happens and, you know, your life takes a different focus, but it's not like those hopes and dreams are like gone. They just kind of linger there. And for me, picking that camera up and capturing that lightning strike and feeling that passion bubble up in me again and being able to pursue that. It just, it brought that passion and zest back for me in life and pursuing that. And I find when you can spend that time on things that make you truly happy, that is a happiness you can turn around and bring to everybody else on the table. And as women, sometimes it's hard to put your happiness first ahead of everyone, but it really does make for a difference for everybody in your life. You go girl. <laughs> and I think for myself as well, like it's, it's 
you know, the passion of getting out there, but sharing, being able to share that, you know, because mother nature is so beautiful. And and like you said earlier, like a lot, most people run away from it, right? Mm -hmm. They don't get to see what the beauty of a storm is. They don't get to see the lightning and how incredible and how powerful it is. Um, You know, in a tornado, like it's, it's beautiful what mother nature can produce. And for me, being able to share that, as well as being able to produce some of those reports and, and get, you know, warnings out there sooner, as well as being able to share information, like Jenny said, along the way with other people and educating people along the way. For me, that's, that's what it's all about. We want to prevent tragedies as much as we can. Like, uh, I know, it's nice to know that we can actually reach some of the population. I had a local lady said, I remember seeing you on the news and said, if a storm ever looks like it's not moving, it's coming straight for you. And she was watching their awestruck. And then she goes, "Uh Oh, we better, we better go. And she says it was like five minutes before the golf ball hail started hammering down. And, you know, we've seen tragedies such as in Manitoba last year with that teenage couple that accidentally drove into a tornado. Mm -hmm. So if we can take time for our voices to be heard by the public and prevent tragedies like that. That is just always something we really want to do. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing <laughs> your message and your passion with us today. This was just terrific. Thank you for Perfect. having us. And I think, you know, and I think it's so important to get the message out there for women and, you know, women chasing, women doing anything, because I don't think our voices have been heard enough. And I think it needs to be done more. So thank you. Preach it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Canadian Love Map. This podcast is presented and made possible by Charm Diamond Centers. It's hosted by me, Nancy Regan, and is produced and distributed by Podstarter. We love sharing love stories of all kinds, and that could include yours. So do you or someone you know have an uplifting tale to tell? Reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram using at Canadian Love Map or email producer at podstarter.io. We'll be back next week with another love story to add to the map.